Thanks for checking out In the Trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And uh, in this episode, we catch up with the first father of Cincinnati Bengals football. That would be Joe Burrow's dad, Jimmy. We've had Jimmy Burrow on many times as a guest, and he's phenomenal. I mean, he's a great player himself and a great coach. Coached for a lot of years on the defensive side of the football. And he was a defensive back himself, and um, but he's got a son that's a heck of a quarterback. There's no question about that. We talked to Jimmy about the Cincinnati Bengals and how they're, what, what his perspective is on how they're playing and how they're improving and all the things that go along with that. And very importantly, uh, at the very end, we talk about the Joe Burrow Foundation and what they're doing for a lot of people. They're doing a lot of good for a lot of people that have mental health issues and uh, have uh, problems putting food on the table uh, for their families. So doing a lot of great things. Joe Burrow on the field, off the field. Joe Burrow's family off the field in support of him as well. It's all good stuff. Check it out. Thanks very much for giving some of your time to us. You're in the trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And you're also in the trenches with a guy named Jimmy Burrow, who happens to be Joe Burrow's dad. And Jimmy, you're a very special guest, and we appreciate you carving time for us because things must be crazy. It's 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 that time of year, boy. Your son's out there doing his thing. Well, I, I forgot how crazy it really was down in uh, Louisiana. So uh, we got back late last night. So today's a little uh, kind of an off day, but uh, what a weekend. Had a lot of friends and family and and uh the Bengals played uh, great joe played great and uh it was good to to get back, get back down to louisiana get some uh, cajun food and see some friends i'll tell you that that's a that's a heck of a trip and what what a uh what a trip it was for for, for joe and and jamar and all the guys that played at lsu but particularly joe and jamar to go back to where they won that national championship in that very venue and uh just a class act by your son to put on Jamar Chase's uh, game jersey that, you know, Jamar had on his wall. And Joe said, let me have that jersey. Jamar took the jersey down and, uh, and Joe basically, you know, wore that coming into the, into the, into the stadium and support of his teammate, Jamar Chase. And that, that's just, that tells you the kind of, uh, the kind of teammate and the kind of leader that, that Joe Burrow is that, that was big time. Well, they're close uh, as teammates. They're they're close friends. Uh, we've become good friends with uh, Jamar's mom and dad. Uh, we were at a tailgate hosted by by the Chase family before the game, and uh, I had got word that uh, uh, somebody had sent me a picture of Joe in that at number one uh, jersey, and and uh, tears uh, were in uh, Jamar's mom's uh, eyes when I showed her that. So uh, it was special to. To, to a lot of people, not just Louisiana people, but but really family that that's not down in Louisiana and friends. And uh, uh, it was a, it was a tribute to Jamar. He's he's a great player. He has a lot to do over the years with with Joe's success and and the Bengals success and in the past LSU success. So uh, Joe understands that and he appreciates it. Yeah, that's just a, a special dynamic there. And uh, like you said, New Orleans is a great place to to travel uh, if you're if you're not a, a resident. 
to go <laughs> check out Bourbon Street and all the things that go on in the French Quarter. It, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a great uh, tourist city for sure. But you've traveled everywhere, and I, I, I know you were nicked up a little bit. You had an injury. I saw you on crutches uh, yeah. getting around a little bit. How are you doing physically, by the way, Jimmy? Well, I ditched the crutches for a knee scooter. The crutches didn't didn't last very long, but right. uh, I had an operation. Uh, my my foot. I've been uh, non weight bearing now for for two weeks pre surgery and seven weeks afterwards. So tomorrow wow. is a uh, uh, a big day for for me. I'm hoping X rays show that I can at least uh, start weight bearing to to a certain extent with a with a walking boot. Uh, so, so we'll see. It won't. I won't be able to just run out of that doctor's office. But I'm hoping the knee scooter is less and less needed. But uh, we still gone to every game. Uh, the Bengals have been great uh, to to help me get around at uh, in Bengals at the Paycor and and the away games. So I appreciate that uh, because I, I I can tell you without help on a knee scooter, especially going down Bourbon Street, it's not easy. So, um, <laughs> but it's fun and uh, to go to the games still. And, and as I said, a lot of, a lot of good people have, have helped me get through these games. Well, you're a trooper. I mean, it can't be easy travel with that, uh, with that to deal with. But uh, I, now I know where Joe Burrow gets his physical and mental <laughs> toughness it's from his dad, Jimmy. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't know about that. His mom's had to be tough to put up with me these last seven weeks and uh, kind of take after me, caretake me around the house too. I mean, literally, if you can't drive, uh, you, you can't do anything these days. And, and that's, that's really, really been, been me. I, it's, it's almost, well, it is, it's house arrest, so to speak. And uh, right. hopefully I can get back to normal here in the next few weeks. Well, it was, it was good to see the Bengals, uh, finish and close out a game like they did down in New Orleans, uh, Jimmy, and you've been the football's your life. I mean, you're a great player and you coach for so many years and you know everything there is to know about the game of football and lose a game in overtime in the opener to Pittsburgh by three points, lose to Dallas by three, beat the jets by two scores, beat the dolphins by two scores, but then lose by two points to Baltimore and, and finish and, and, and win one, you know, at New Orleans any one of those three losses, one play, and it's a, it's a win. I mean, that that's life in the National Football League. Yeah. But to make plays when they had to be made, avoid mistakes and make plays down the stretch, it, it's a roller coaster and it's a seesaw in, in the NFL. But it was good to see them get that done in a very, very tough environment. How loud was it down there, Jimmy? I took my headset yeah. off at one point and I couldn't hear anything. What was it like down there? It was it was it was loud. I, I'd say certainly comparable to, to Kansas City because of the uh, especially indoors. Right. Uh, I'd been there for the national championship, but but the the loud the noise uh, it was on it was on our side. So uh, uh, this was a different perspective, and and it was loud. Once again, a credit to to the offense and defense for for getting signals in and and uh, being able to. Uh, to, to produce on both sides of the ball uh, and execute like like they did because uh, it's not easy and and some teams can't handle that that type of noise and pressure but the the Bengals are certainly built to do that. Yeah, three penalties, only three penalties on the day, thirty yards and penalty yards total. It wasn't. I mean, there weren't a bunch of false starts and they handled the silent count and the communication of that. Yeah. You know, very very beautifully. And uh, I'll tell you. you, you 
Joe was was incredible in this football game. You know, we've talked about this before. There's so many boxes that that uh, you you want quarterbacks to check, and Joe checks them all. You know, in terms of like we talked about physical and mental toughness, accuracy, decision making, all those things. But in this football game, and I've seen it before, and you've seen it his whole life playing football, obviously. But Joe, awareness, field awareness, pocket awareness. It's like he has 360-degree peripheral vision. He has eyes on the side of his head, the back of his head. For him to make the moves when he makes them, to pivot away from people, climb the pocket at just the right time with his eyes down the field, to see Tyler Boyd, who had gotten knocked down, He's knocked down and he jumps up and, and presents himself as a target. Joe finds him. It's like, it, it's unbelievable what he can do. And then the way he negotiated and found that little crease between the center and the guard when they did that little double A gap twist blitz. And he found a way to crack through there and on you know, third down, you know, third and yeah. eight, he goes 19 yards. A red zone touchdown on third down is a killer. And he does that. He hits Joe Mixon on third and nine, third and goal from the nine yard line for a nine yard touchdown pass. Killer. The fact that he, is so aware and and so athletic. It, it's incredible. It really is. He's always taken a lot of pride in his uh, being able to extend plays, and and he normally doesn't uh, try to extend a play to to run uh, if it presents itself like it did Sunday. Then then and he can run, but he would prefer his eyes are always downfield. I think that's why you, you see him a lot of times when he does escape. He, he makes a play throwing the football more times than, than running. I right. think he, he'd also like to to think he's, he's a much better athlete maybe than, than people give him credit for. He, he can run pretty good. And uh, he, he ha- does have a uncanny ability to, to get out of harm's way sometimes. And then, but Sunday, you know, the receivers uh, separated and, and, and the protection was there and, and the accuracy and uh, kept them off off guard with some some new things that it looked like uh, we we had to put in the coaches had put in and and it just kept it kept getting better and better as the, as the game went on and and you saw what what happened in in that second half uh, get the ball to the playmakers in space and and a lot of good things are going to happen and the defense just keeps giving giving us a chance uh, the whole game they they may bend but don't break and. And when our offense isn't clicking, they've they've been really consistent almost the whole year. And and uh, you know injuries uh, uh, did did affect uh, the defense some in, in that game. And and uh, uh, but Lou Anarumo does does a great job. And and uh, uh, you know he'll he'll find a way to to put guys in the right position uh, for this next game also. Yeah, there's there's no question. I mean, in the second half. Joe, 11 for 12, 179 yards, two touchdowns. Are you kidding me? 11 for 12, 179 yards, two touchdowns. That's perfection. I mean, literally. So I talked to him in the post game after the game, and kiddingly I said, you know, Joe, what happened on the incompletion? Come on, man. And he's like, he's trying to literally think about it. You know, like, I'm just kidding. He, he He is a perfectionist, you know, but that's what makes him so great. I mean, there's no, there's no question about it. And then on third down, he leads the National Football League. The latest stats have come out on third down. 136.9 is his quarterback rating on third down. Completing 73.8% of his passes leads the league. 514 yards on third down is third in the league. 8.43 yards per uh, attempt is sixth. Seven touchdown passes, number one in the league. 
no interceptions, tied for fewest in the league, that plus seven ratio, best in the league. I mean, he is the money down, third down. Like I said, third and nine, third and goal from the nine, Joe Mixon, nine-yard touchdown. Third and eight on the 19-yard line, scrambles it in. That that from the right hash mark to the left sideline, I mean, it was it was wide open, and Joe saw that bad boy right away. It's it's just amazing what he does on third down. Those third down red zone touchdowns. You as a former defensive coordinator, what does that do to you? You have everybody covered. Yeah. You have a good pass rush, and Joe kills you. <laughs> well, you try to uh, on defense. I mean, you you, you possession downs. Uh, we always say, and and. Uh, uh, you, you want to get off the field. And, and again, our, our offense uh, has raised their level of play on third down. And you say, well, it should be like that every down. Well, there's a sense of urgency more so on, on third down, uh, whether it's third and one or third and nine or, or third and more. And, and uh, it's a team effort. I mean, everybody understands the importance of extending a drive. Um, the, the Saints uh, are really good defense and, and, more than likely, their their stats uh, on third down were probably pretty good. I'm not sure, but uh, uh, you know we had to we had to extend drives and and you know mental toughness. I I think we used to talk about that a lot. You know, just the ability to elevate your your game uh, regardless of circumstances. And our our whole team uh, seems to be able to to raise their level of play uh, in in the the what what looks like maybe. Some some not so good times during the game, but but they find a way and and as I said, uh, uh, raise their level of play, their sense of urgency, and their awareness of of what's going on. So you hit on something, uh, Jimmy. I mean, like third down. You said you know I'm I'm sure the Saints are good on third down, second best in the NFL, <laughs> allowing just twenty nine point nine percent going into the game. Yeah, the Bengals hit them for sixty percent, six out of ten. They doubled it. You know, uh, from yeah. a success ratio. So in my mind, it came down to third down and then the red zone. The red zone, yeah. the Saints were second best in the NFL offensively, converting touchdowns 80% of the time, defensively only a third of the time, 33.3%, one of every three opportunities, tied for second. So they're they're in the top two in third down, yeah. red zone, and the Bengals go three for three offensively in the red zone when, when they were only allowing one out of three. And then on the flip side, 80% conversion, four out of five. Bengals defense gives them one touchdown in five opportunities, you know, yeah. uh, 20%. They just flipped the script on them totally. They took the, the Saints' strengths and said, ah, they're weaknesses today. Well, again, I think, you know, the, our defense all year, once the team gets in a red zone, uh, uh, have, have been able to, to keep them to field goals uh, most of the time, especially the, the second half. Uh, Joe's ability to extend plays in the red zone. And then I think another – Key factor is is Joe Mixon uh, being a, a a receiver down there. One and two, uh, you know, we're running the ball better. So uh, Joe Mixon is a dual threat down there, and then you you got the Hayden Hurst, who is is a really big red zone threat, and and then the the, the normal three guys. And uh, uh, you know, we we should be uh, scoring uh, in the red zone. I think. Joe would be the first to tell you there's been some disappointment in that this, this year, and they've been working on it, but all all things were clicking uh, Sunday, and I'm sure they're going to build on that. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was just a great performance. Let me ask you this as a as a brilliant defensive mind, like <laughs> like you got being a coordinator for for all these years in in, in college football, 
the RPO, the run pass option. Mm -hmm. They did a tremendous job of that. And to me, it looked like, you know, the, the, the Saints, they got their quarterback sacks when they were crashing linebackers, you know, bringing them. And they were coming downhill in the running game too. But then the Bengals went into the shotgun. They were only under center twice. And they've been under center a little bit more, you know, uh, in like in weeks three and four and, and trying to get that running game going, then play action pass a little bit. But against the Saints, they decided to go shotgun and go RPO because it looked to me like they were controlling the aggressiveness of the linebackers because Joe would do right. the, the RPO. And if he saw them, you know, crash and pull it out, throw it. Then now they're like, all right, I don't know what to do. I don't know whether to drop. I don't know whether to crash. Now they're in no man's land, total indecision. And he could hand it off or throw the RPOs. They only ran it 14 times, but yeah. it, it, it created space behind those linebackers, took away that aggressiveness. The Bengals became the puncher, or instead of the defense punching and the Bengals counter-punching offensively, it kind of reversed a little bit. And Joe had those linebackers on a string. You know, the way he handles the ball in that RPO, they didn't know really, you know, how to handle it. And I, I thought that was a big key in the game. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, it was they, they did a really good job uh, of it. Um, you know, when when you run an RPO, it, it's like really it's just a, a, an option. Uh, it's, it's an alternative to a quarterback running the option and either pitching it or carrying it himself. And so you're either handing it off to the running back or you're pulling it and throwing a pass, depending on the linebackers. And But to be able to do that, you, you got to be able to establish the run. And I think even though we, we didn't have a, a – uh, a whole lot of run uh, attempts. It it was there, and and we we had some success. And so if you do that, then you're right. The backers they have to honor the run, and and if and if they don't, then then you hand it off, and they're soft, and there's four or five yards. So uh, uh, I think we all did a great job. The, the guys did a great job of of that, and, and really put uh, the Saints defense kind of on their heels, like you said. Yeah, it's. This, this one's going to be an interesting football game, this matchup, this next matchup against the Falcons, because the Bengals for three straight weeks, you see Lamar Jackson with his quarterback run game package. You see Jason Hill with the Saints, where they use him as a quarterback run package also. And then you go Marcus Mariota with the Atlanta Falcons. They're doing a lot of that stuff with him as well. I mean, he, he's run the ball for over 200 yards himself, averaging 4.8 a carry and rush for three touchdowns. So three straight weeks, you you have that extra gap to defend, you know, because the quarterback, instead of handing it off and watching, he's the runner. So you have a 10th blocker, you know, instead of just nine blocks, you have a 10th and you got another gap control responsibility there. Defensively, how much pressure does that put on you, Jimmy? If you're, if you're game planning for a quarterback that can run like the Bengals have seen three weeks in a row here, how much stress does that put on you? Well, a lot. Once again, it's it's like the old triple option. You got to have a guy on the dive, the guy on the quarterback, and the guy on the pitch. And with with uh, Mariota uh, running the football, you have to have a guy on the dive, a guy on the quarterback, and a guy on the receivers. And uh, he does a great job. <clears throat> That's kind of one of the ways he made his mark at, at Oregon when they were one of the more explosive uh, offenses in, in the country, uh, being able to run the ball. Um you know, and at LSU, Joe ran the ball uh, in in that same type uh, of an offense. We we don't they don't uh, use Joe now on that, but but it looks like Mariota. That's a big part of what they do, and and he's very good at it. And once again, you you just got to decide 
somewhat is is who do you want carrying the ball most of the time? Because you can make him pull it every time or you can make him hand it every time, but uh, you, you still got to be sound uh, across the board. The, uh, the Bengals' uh, defense has not allowed a touchdown in the second half in six NFL games. Six. That's pretty yeah. impressive, you know, to not have allowed a touchdown. Now, you know, it, it's weird. The, the defense played really well uh, for most of the game in the first five games, and then gave up like a, a field goal winning drive or a, a field goal tying, uh, you, know, you know, scenario, whatever it was on the last drive. But it almost reversed itself against the Saints. You know, they had their struggles, yeah. particularly against the run. But when you had to make a play, McPherson hits a 52-yard field goal to bring the Bengals closer. And then you get a, uh, a three and out. And after the three and out, shank the punt. And Joe and Jamar, fittingly, <laughs> hook up on the 60-yard touchdown yeah. down there in that dome where they feel so comfortable to make that big touchdown to take their first lead of the game. And then the last drive, Jimmy, Defense steps up and yeah. fourth, you know, Hendrickson hits Andy Dalton as he's throwing third down in completion, and then try to go deep over uh, uh, down the sideline for you know, on on fourth and seventeen, and uh, you know Eli Apple makes a play and the game's over. So when the defense had to step up, it was just the reverse. They struggled a little bit during the course of the game, but at the end, stepped up and made big plays. Yeah, I mean that was kind of a classic team effort, uh, especially in the second half, offense, defense, and special teams. And uh, I think uh, sometimes maybe what gets overlooked is at halftime, uh, Lou and the defensive coaches make uh, awesome uh, side adjustments, uh, game plan adjustments. And uh, yeah, I mean, they've given up a field goal here and there toward the end, but but uh, to keep somebody out of the end zone like, like they have, uh, you know, you're, you're going to win a lot of games. And then, uh, as you said, uh, that's a big, big stop in, in the, at the end of the game there. And, uh, you know, it sounded like uh, it looked like there were, there were just a lot of different players, again, raising their level of play, knowing what was at stake, doing their assignments and uh, uh, ma making plays. So, uh, you know, hopefully, and I'm confident that, that it will continue. And, and once again, offense, defense, and special teams, uh, that's that's the way you win football games. Joe was like a point guard, as he usually is, distributing the football. Jamar Chase, 10 targets, 7 catches, 132 yards, 2 touchdowns, one of them being the 60-yarder. Tyler Boyd targeted 6 times, 6 catches, 66 yards. Uh, T. Higgins targeted 10 times, 6 catches, 47 yards. So your big three, 7 <laughs> catches, 6 catches, 6 catches. It's getting everybody involved, you know, that's, yeah. that, that makes it tough on the defense, doesn't it? Well, he, he never really picks out just one guy. Uh, uh, yep. my, sometimes people say, well, he picks out Jamar in critical situations. Well, you know, that, that might be somewhat true, but he's, he's still usually going to throw it to the, to the person that the coverage dictates uh, that that person is open. And that's why you see the ball pretty evenly distributed uh, for the most part throughout the game. Uh, you know, are they are they doubling Jamar? Then 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 T's uh, uh, open. If they're playing cover two, then uh, you, you check it down, or or you get Tyler Boyd uh, working on the the seam players, and uh, you know it all adds up to to like a uh, an orchestrated uh, effort by by eleven guys to to get those things done. And uh, but it still it goes back to protection, and and it goes back to 
still being able to, to, to be a running threat. And, and both of those things uh, were very positive uh, uh, Sunday. In today's football, this era of football in the National Football League, to have a team that is running the ball for more yards per game than they're throwing it for yards per game is unusual. Atlanta is one of those teams. Atlanta's running the ball for 165.2 yards per game, third best in the NFL. They're throwing it for 159.2, 30th in the National Football League. They're running it six yards per game more than they're throwing it, but they're not asking Mariota to do a lot. They're, they're, they're minimizing his reads, and he completed 13 in a row in that game against the 49ers, 13 straight completions. He didn't throw it 20 times, I don't think, but w- when they did throw the football because they ran it so effectively – it was definitely there in San Francisco, number one defense in the NFL going into that game. Yeah, they hung twenty eight points on them. That's a, that's a pretty good performance. Uh, it's an interesting offense. It's almost it's almost more like you know a college or even a high school style yeah. offense a little bit. Well, even even in the high powered offenses in 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 college now, and it it carries over to to the NFL. Uh, we get spread people. Your number one objective as, as a defensive coordinator, and I've talked to, to Lou enough to, to know that he, he feels the same, you have to stop the run. And if you don't stop the run, uh, it's, it's going to be a long day. And, and the Falcons do a great job of establishing the run, but that's the number one objective uh, to get them into some passing situations. But if you don't, if you don't limit those uh, first down yards per carry and, and the uh, second down, all of a sudden you're in third one and two all the time. That makes it tough. So uh, you got to do a great job stopping the run, especially this week. Yeah, and uh, the 228 yards, like we talked about last, uh, you know, last game, th- 99 of those yards came on three consecutive runs in the second quarter. 44-yard touchdown run on a, you know, little uh, motion sweep action with a guy that can make you miss in space. There were some missed tackles there, all the way outside to the right. Then they get outside to the left for over 20 yards, and then Hill goes between the tackles for 31 on three straight carries. So they're averaging 33 a pop on, on three rushes. But like you said, to credit uh, the Bengals, Lou Anarumo, the coaches and the players, there wasn't a panic. You know, it's like, look, we miss tackles. It's yeah. correctable. Uh, they'd been missing like three or four tackles a game going in. They missed eight tackles uh, in, in in last week's game against the Saints, and it cost them like 80 yards on the ground when you miss those tackles that's a big deal isn't it yeah i mean it leads to to you know big and explosive plays uh but you know guys like alvin camaro there that's not easy and and so uh uh it's, it's going to happen sometimes but uh, uh tackling is is again that's the key to stopping the run that's the key to yards after the catch and you know we we normally do a great job we've done a great job all year but it's there's some games where uh Guys on the other side to get get uh, get in space. It's like Joe tells me the guys on the other side that get paid to make a lot of plays too. So uh, it happens, but uh, you know at the end we we got it done and and got pressure on the quarterback and and made some tackles, kept them in bounds, and uh, uh, things were great. Do you think we'll see more of the RPO with the success the Bengals had? And Joe gets the ball out of his hands so quickly, and that RPO, I mean, it's like. Okay, you know, I, I'm gonna pull this because I see yeah. this. I see this right now. And as soon as he pulls it, man, it is gone. It's out of there. Well, he's 
he's always liked uh, the the RPOs. I mean, he he started in high school running it, and and then uh, uh, even when he was at Ohio State, and then they 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 made a, a living with it at, at LSU with with all those explosive athletes they had. So it's something that he he's confident in, something that he feels uh, real comfortable with, and. Uh, I mean, if you're having success with it, you can build off of it. I mean, there's other things uh, you, you can you can do with it, uh, play action pass wise, where it might look like an RPO, but it's 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 just another uh, way to play action pass out of the shotgun, and it's not like you're under center and you're turning your back uh, and and faking. You're you're faking for for a deep shot, and I'm sure you know those type things will will just continue to be integrated into into the offense. The uh, 60 yard touchdown pass that, that Joe and Jamar hooked up on, you know, seen it so many times, a little back shoulder throw 10 yards down the field. Jamar makes the corner miss. And then Tyron Matthew, you know, kind of takes a little bit incorrect mm-hmm. angle. His football, his football geometry wasn't good enough. And man, I, I swear now, Jamar in two steps is going full speed. This guy can accelerate. It, it's amazing to watch him. Joe, Joe said it. When they drafted him, he said, man, where do you see this guy? I mean, he, he's a freak. And he is. This guy is an absolute freak. It's incredible to watch uh, Jamar Chase. You know, he's got that lower body strength. He's got that contact balance. And when he runs, you can put an egg on his head and it won't roll off. You know, his upper body is still and those legs are going, man. He, he's incredible. He really is. Yeah, I, w- I would I would bet he's one of the fastest guys in the league, and maybe for his his size, he, he might be the fastest because he's a he's a b- big bodied receiver. Yeah. Uh, you know those those throws that that Joe connects with him on those back shoulders. Uh, you know they don't they don't require a lot of separation. He's so physical, and and you know they've they've worked on that since 2018 for for a couple of years. I'd like to know how many times that Joe in practice has uh, thrown an individual route to Jamar uh, uh, on that particular play. I know we didn't hit it some earlier in the year, but it seems to be clicking now. Uh, T. Higgins is very good at that too, with his big body to to get back shoulder uh, fades, and and uh, it's it's not easy. But your your defensive backs, uh, of course, I coach defensive backs, so you're saying, well, uh, you know, I that's where I'm supposed to be as a as a corner, but you start cheating, and then then that's then where our speed guys like Jamar and, and T just run by them. So uh, hopefully they'll start sitting on those a little more, and we can get the ball even farther downfield. Yeah, I think that's another thing that Joe's done so well is his patience and his discipline, because everybody you know is playing this soft uh, cover two shell type look, and he's like, all right, I'll take eight, I'll take twelve, I'll take ten. All of a sudden, you got thirty yards down the football field, and as a defense coach, like, ah, oh, man, we got to get him out of this rhythm. We got to do yeah. something a little differently. So, you know, it's like, who's going to blink first? And Joe doesn't usually blink first, man. <laughs> he, yeah. he makes the other guy blink. Well, Joe Mixon is is very, very good receiver. Um, um, another thing people don't talk about is Joe Mixon in space. Uh, just like our receivers are are very, he's very good in space. He had a great. Uh, a juke on on somebody the other day, and and uh, if you get him the ball with with vision and and looking upfield, then uh, he can run around you, uh, he can shake you, or or he can he can run through you, and that's that's that is a way to attack uh, uh, five under two deep and 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 zones and and uh, still get yourself in a manageable 
second down and short or medium and or, or third and short or just get the first down. So uh, uh, it's been it's been getting better every week. We'll get you out of here on this, Jimmy. And thanks for giving us so much time here this afternoon. Whenever you have a great season, there's always a run. You know, it's like uh, I remember Super Bowl team I played on. We we were five and three halfway through the season. We had a November to remember. The calendar presented itself where we had five games in the month of November. We won all of them, you know, by two scores or more. I mean, we just got on a roll. Um, that was the 81 Super Bowl team. The 88 Super Bowl team had a run in September. They start 6-0. You know, they win every game in September. Yeah. And, 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 and then last year, the Super Bowl 56 team got hot at the end of the season and through the playoffs. So – It'd be nice to get hot right now, get that win, and then maybe stack three and, and be six and three, you know, four wins in a row, be six and three going into that bye. But at some point, you have to have a run, right, Jimmy? I mean, you know, it's yeah. like you can't, you can't be like win a couple, lose a couple, win one, lose one. You got to get on a run, don't you? Yeah, you would like to. Uh, if, if you, you know, as a coach or, or, or a player or, or a offense or defense, though, if you do start looking – too far ahead, you can you can lose track of, of what the task is uh, uh, this week, and so I'm yep. sure they're focusing on this week. But yeah, we as a as a as a team, you'd you'd like to 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 get two or three or four in a row, and and uh, uh, I can't recall when our bye week is, but just get on a real solid run leading up to that that bye week, and and uh, uh, you, you never know. I think we got beat maybe last year before our bye, and, and then we we ran off some. So it's it's hard to say, but. Yep. Uh, you just you try to get better every game, and and as I said in these in the three phases uh, last week, I I think we we definitely got better. And if you continue to do that, you're you're capable of uh, of running off three or four wins. And so that's that's what uh, uh, we're looking forward and hoping to do. I lied, Jimmy. I'm gonna get you out of here on this <laughs> because I got one thing too at the end. I, unless you're gonna okay, well maybe we're on the same page because. Uh, <laughs> Joe Burrow is using his um, – the fact that he's so popular and, and his fame as such, started a foundation. Yeah. And you and Robin are heavily involved, obviously, in the foundation with Joe. Tell us about the foundation. Okay. Tell us about the role that you have in the foundation. And you guys are going to do a lot of good for a lot of people. And uh, explain what's going on there, sir. Okay. Well, that's what I was I was, I was hoping to, to get a chance to talk about. I appreciate you bringing it up. Uh, yes, uh, you know, we uh, – uh, Joe launched the Joe Burrow Foundation a few weeks ago. Its uh, a mission statement is to uh, provide resources and opportunities to the underprivileged and the underserved. And, you know, we targeted uh, uh, Southeast Ohio, Athens, uh, Baton Rouge, down in Louisiana and, and the Cincinnati area. But we can really uh, focus uh, uh, anywhere we want to across the, the country. Uh, it, it pretty much uh, is, is based on uh, children's mental health. And, and then also food insecurities, which uh, Joe had an impact uh, after his Heisman speech. And we just felt that uh, with, with Joe's platform and, and his uh, ability to, to reach people, uh, you know, whether he's on the field or off the field, that, that we could help a lot of, a lot of families uh, across the country. So we've already had a, had a great response. We got a advisory board in, in the Cincinnati area and, and, and Southeast Ohio and got one in the, uh, down in Baton Rouge. So, uh, you know, we, we put together a, a plan. It gets more specific as we 
as we get continue to get more funds, Joe becomes more involved, certainly when the when the season is over. Uh, yes, his mom, Robin, and I are are involved uh, heavily. Uh, Amy Floyd is the executive director from over there in Cincinnati. And right. we got at least a lot of community leaders and, and uh, we're excited that first order of business was to uh, pay off uh, 20 uh, families, medical bills over the children's there in Cincinnati that they were, wow. uh, they had run up some bills and, and uh, were struggling to, to pay for uh, uh, mental health, uh, uh, issues with with their with their kids and and so uh, you know we took care of that the foundation took care of that and those are the type of things that we're going to continue to do and uh, you can you can go on joeburrow.org a lot of people seem to like number nine they give nine dollars they give nine ninety nine we, we like is, is ever how much somebody wants to to give as little as possible or as much as possible but uh, you know it's a we, we feel good. And, and Robin and I feel, feel blessed and, and fortunate that, you, you know, Joe's success with at LSU and, and the Bengals, uh, you know, those, those football teams has, has put us in the position to be able to make a difference. And uh, uh, we're, we're going to, we're going to try to try to do that over the next several years. Well, I, I admire you. you got a, you got a heck of a family because, you know, a lot of people wouldn't even think about uh, that scenario. They wouldn't think about giving back to those. Well, Less Joe, Joe says every everybody should have feel the responsibility to to do good, and, and yep. this is a uh, his way of, of of knowing that he's doing good, and we we as a family are doing good. And you know, he basically has what he calls three homes: you know, Athens, Ohio, uh, Baton Rouge, and Cincinnati, and uh, been big big part of Joe's life as as well as our family's lives, and. Uh, uh, he just wants to give back to those areas, and uh, we're we're going to try to uh, really help a lot of families uh, there and across the nation. That's phenomenal. You got a great family, and uh, it, the the fact that uh, you want to you know share um, the successes and and the things that go along with those successes with others is great. I mean, it's a it's a heck of an example to, to that you guys are setting for for a lot of people in this country. There's no question about that, and What's your title, Jimmy? What, what I'm the vice you? president, and oh, uh, you're Robin Mr. is the secretary okay. treasurer. Joe's the president. I mean, okay. really, they're, th those roles are, are interchangeable. Right. You, you just have to to, to organize it, uh, you know, for for uh, uh, just just to, to make sure right. that there's a, a record of, of of a staff of a board of directors, and that's our board of directors. We have two other of, of that five member board. That one is a. a Joe's uh, financial uh, agent in Baton Rouge, Lord Murray's uh, the company, and then uh, his lead uh, marketing uh, uh, representative, uh, WME William Morris uh, Endeavor. Uh, mm -hmm. They're they're two of our five five board members, but uh, it's just like a, a a football team. It's it's a team effort. Uh, I'm retired, so you know I have a, a much more time than than Robin. That she's actually in in Columbus today. Uh, speaking at a counselor conference. So, uh, hmm. that, that means I, I just get to, to do more during the day and, and make phone calls, but we're all in it together. And, uh, once again, joeburrow.org people that, that, uh, click on there and donate, uh, you know, Joe considers them, uh, uh just a part of, of the Joe Burrow team. And so we, we'd appreciate your help. Uh, it's for a good cause and, and, uh, uh, 
we're, we're going to make a lot of families uh, happy and, and help them out uh, as we progress here. That's awesome. Joe Burrow making plays on the field and making big plays off the field as well. You got to be proud. You got to be a proud dad. And uh, yep, we again, are. And uh, uh, we, we, we love uh, uh, what's going on in, in the, with the Bengals. Uh, you know, the Bengals have been great to Joe and, and our family. And we, we can't wait to, to, to Sunday to, to see, uh, you know, how much even uh, between now and Sunday we're going to improve on offense and defense. So uh, let's get a big win. I hear that, Coach. You're the best, Jimmy. Thanks for everything. <laughs> All right. Who day? Who day? Dave Lapham here. And every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team. Opportunity knocking.